welcome to the whatever we're calling this podcast. It's a podcast that you will randomly hear the thoughts of a man driving around the city doing multiple tasks. Sometimes it may be about the tasks that he's doing. Other times it may be about the thoughts running through his head. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. Come along for the ride. So, I have recorded this episode a little bit earlier, but apparently it did not go through. So, I am going to try to summarize it again as quickly as I possibly can. So, over the past week or so, I've had the luxury of reading a book by a gentleman that I've grown to um, learn more about. I would say is definitely um, someone that is um, one of my accountability individuals, meaning he holds me accountable to things I say I'm going to do. Um, Very firm, very stern, but also very kind and very warm. And so over the past three years, he has been working whether in public and in private, on writing a book. And so recently the book has been released and he um, has sent it out. So as soon as I was aware that he had written a book, I went ahead and bought the book and I bought the book to invest in him um, and to just touch and agree with him with the assignment that the book had for his life. And so the book is called Mind of an Olympian, Leaving a Legacy of Purpose. And the author is Mr. Laron Bennett Jr. And he has done a couple of um, things to kind of market the book. But for him, the book isn't so much about marketing and making it a profit or what have you. The purpose of the book for him from conversations I've had with him and also sitting back in the cut and just watching him have conversations with other individuals has really been about wanting, number one, God to be on display and to be glorified to the best of his ability to leaving words that can only come from him for his children to know about their father during a period of time in which they were not even um, in the forefront. And then three, wanted to answer the question that people have asked him through multiple opportunities that he's had regarding what is the what is the process that an Olympiad has to go through, what is the mental strain and gain that they have to endeavor and endure through and all of that. And so I'm about halfway through the book and almost getting to the point where he's starting to wrap in and start talking about the Olympics. But there was a certain chapter that I read that really um I really linked up with and it's something that I've talked about but I haven't I hadn't formally referred to and discussed it and that is um the power or the power of a name. Now for those who've been listening to the podcast, you know over the past man, about month or so, um I've really been focusing on and zero in on on what is in a name. Um I've talked about when my grandfather passing who his funeral was recently um, I talked a little bit about my father passing and what that kind of done for me. Um, this one really kind of hit home for the time period that I was at because being a namesake, understanding a couple of the levels that goes with it. 
One of the first levels that go with being a namesake is wanting to create your own identity out of a name that is being utilized multiple times. So what I mean by that is something as simple as when you're in a home and you're a namesake, wanting to be able to recognize what is your name. What tends to be the trick or the action taken within a household is you tend to pick a nickname for either both individuals that have the same name or for the last one. For people, some people may be Pete and repeat. Um, this is where we get little that comes into place. Um, if you happen to be called junior, um, you get that, deuce, second, things of that nature. Even for the people who are the third, you get Trey, whether with a Y or with the apostrophe over the E, or you get some type of family nickname through some experience that is able to identify you compared to someone else who has your same name. And so for me, I have a family name that is still active, even with the passings of two individuals that have the same name as me. What's even funny is, funnier to me is I have a cousin who has my name and what we refer to him as, which is so, it's not derogatory, but you know how you should age out of a name? Um, so that's kind of where he's at. So I, I think out of honor of him, I still keep the family name just to make sure there's no confusion, but it's kind of how that portion go. But the reason why I mentioned that family name is for me, it was a tool that I used to try to gain my own identity. And what I found is that through the years, I ended up using that family name as a safety blanket during times of struggle, times of strife, time of strain as well. I realized that my government name is a name I never really remember hearing or retaining until I was in middle school. All through my elementary years, I went through the system. I've gone through the classes, but I don't remember people calling me that name, although they had to and I had to respond. I don't have memories of it. I have more memories of people calling me my family nickname. And even some of my friends at the time who knew that nickname because you're around my house and everything, um, they would call me that as well, whether it was sports or what have you. So it wasn't until I got to middle school that I recognized that people were calling by my government name. And when that occurred, I recognized that I kind of had this dual personality that I fought through. I was this one character that had this name at home and with family members and people I was comfortable with, but then my frontward face, if you will, my public identity in middle school, I used this government name that I never really took time to flesh out and develop. So then when I got to high school, I still had my my government name I was using, but I realized that in choir, I still used my nickname because I saw choir as my comfort zone. It was the class that I, I, I believe people thought I shouldn't have taken. Because by the time I got to high school, I was I've seen football being from Texas. I was all into football. Um, but I did choir just to be diverse. I didn't want to do band. I didn't want to do an instrument. And I didn't um, really want to do drama or anything. I really, choir was kind of safe bet for me. And so, you know, it made my schedule very predictable and so on and so forth. So with that part all being there, I recognized that even within choir, that my choir director, uh, Miss Eaton, she never called me by my government name until my senior banquet when I was called by my name, by my first, my real, my government name. And I didn't even realize she's never called me that. So 
that was also interesting as well. So it really wasn't until college that I actually had to embrace my government name. And I had to really wrestle with what did I want it to look like? How did I want it to come out? Especially by the time I got to college, I was in a totally different state, you know, a thousand of miles away from home, you know, able to fly home directly. But I was able to not even so much even reinvent the name, but I was able to actually dig into the wealth of knowledge that was within that name and to allow for my family name to be established, but to still be honored, but not at the forefront. So I would say over, my God, now almost 20 years now of fleshing out this name, I feel better with it. I feel like it's my own now. And I don't feel a lot of the shadow that used to cover it before. Now, mind you, I'm saying I I don't feel so much weight from the shadow because for years, part of the reason why I didn't want to use that name was because I knew that name carried a lot of weight. It came with a lot of responsibilities, came with a lot of um, not so much tradition, but definitely expectation. And so I wanted a name that did not have the expectation. The way you could say I ran from responsibilities. One of the few times in my life I would say I've done that is I openly ran from responsibility because I did understand it. And now that I've kind of lived life, I understand the responsibility that comes with it. And so number one, like I said, different levels to this one is being able to accept even a family name and know that's the identity. But that was the first time I actually flushed out what the personality would be. The second level was when you did introduce my government name, going through this world, going through this, this season of dichotomy and feeling like you're, trying to figure out what you want to become, but you're more comfortable in what you're rooted in. And so in the biggest part of my life where identity is very important, or one of the periods, I'm out here trying to figure out what I want to be called. And what does that mean? Um, And then, like I said, high school, able to reinvent myself even more and still find that comfort blanket in the name. And then college, finally being able to, feeling more comfortable to relinquish the family name and only want to be approached by this. Now, of course, you know, friends gave nicknames for other things, different events, but they weren't so much like this is your name. It's more or less of this represents this event that happened in your life. But that's all it really did at the end of the day. So with that part being said, it's very interesting now for this next level that I have a son who has who now has the weight in the name as well. And I have an opportunity now to allow him to develop that name a lot sooner than what I did. Now, yes, of course, we do have a family name with him, but the name we've chosen is closer to what his real name is. So it's off by a little bit, but it's not exact. But um, what one thing I've, I've done very adamantly is I'm very intentional of him writing his uh his uh suffix very big about him writing um that suffix so i want him to understand that part is very important um and it's interesting because one of the things that my my father gave to me is when i started writing curse i started signing stuff it was very big that i wrote the third and and for me it comes down to i remember an experience that my father had with my grandfather so in Houston, for those who f- from Houston, you don't you don't you don't kind of remember these stories when I mention it. 
but across from Greenpoint Mall, there was this furniture car store called Finger. Had like this orange logo, if you will. And my father um, wanted to open an account or something of that nature at Fingers. And when he tried to, they told him that he already had like an account and a balance. But they were referring to what my grandfather's account was. Because the names are identical, except for the suffix, obviously. They didn't look at that part. And so... Um, been very that taught me a very le- a very big lesson to make sure you put your suffix on. Even with my children, even with my child, when I'm registering for school, I have to be very particular that they know who like which one's which. So <clears throat> it 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 helps because with some of the coding, one uses a name, the other one doesn't. But wanting him to be comfortable in, you know, his name and what have you, I find it very interesting that through it, I am very. Um, keen on him being very comfortable with the name, keen on him being very sure of who he is and not wanting him to feel that he has to live up to my standards and my expectations, but let him understand that there are standards and expectations he does have to live up to. They just don't have to all come from me. Granted, I will model the expectations, but I'm also willing to have the conversation on how to navigate the water to be able to hold the right standard that is there. So the name part is very important to me regarding the way that it carries and wanting to honor the name that you have. And so if I had any type of call of action at this point, what I would say is number one, um, know what is the worth and the weight of your name. You, you, you never know where, it, you never, you may not understand right now the value of the name that you have, whether it's something that people may consider very common or even a name that is very unique. Understand there is worth and weight in your name. One of the examples that I always kind of rem- go to and remind myself of is um, the name Jalen. One of the first podcasts that I really got lost in was the Jalen Chicopi podcast. Um, it was back when it was called the Jalen Report, the Jalen Rose Report. It was only on YouTube and what have you. <clears throat> and Jalen over the years has shared multiple times the origin of his name. And the origin of his name is part of it is his biological father's name and then his uncle's name put together under the direction of his mother. And so his name was created. But now you look down the line, there's a lot of uh, Jalen's that you will see in the world. Um, obviously, you know, you have girls that are named Jalen, you have um, m- boys or men who are named Jalen. And he always not, that identifies himself as the originator of it. And so it has weight and it has worth to it. Um, the, the weight of it becomes the responsibility that I must carry and be able to make it a good name. The, wor- the um, worth of it is that someone saw so much value in giving him and creating a name just for him. And so, you know, and obviously when I talk about this, I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm not against the names or against names where they have natural nicknames, like Nicole, Nikki, stuff like that. What I'm referring to is, is those nicknames that we use as kind of cloaks to try to, you know, change who we are, change our identity. 
And God, at this time, and at this time, we want to just make sure that we are aware of the weight and the worth of the name that we carry. Number two, if you've created a name or if you've chosen a name for any person, be prepared to share the origin of that name because at some point they're going to ask you that origin of that name. So be prepared to share it with them so that they have understanding of the weight and worth of their name. And at the end of the day, as you share those things, be willing to share the history of it because then it empowers them to understand what they've been tasked with. The Bible says clearly, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And so part of the knowledge is there is that what is the weight and worth that's given me? What is the what is the assignment that is assigned onto a person based on the name? Um, for those who are who've never read the Bible, if you read the Bible, what's interesting is that there's a lot of names that come into the Bible that it says because of this. One I can stick out right now is the name Isaac. Isaac means that he's laughed. And so to realize that the name Isaac means laugh is quite funny at the end of the day. But the origin of it, if you read the story, in the account, you see why that's very important. So it's those types of things that are very important because those names are very are very critical and begin to be the first pieces that begin to get purpose to an individual. And what's better way of being able to fulfill your life is to then to find the original purpose that was given to you or the first purpose that was launched onto you. So what is in a name? My answer would be everything. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you for listening to the episodes of the whatever we're calling this podcast. Hope you enjoyed the listen. Don't we have any other call to action. Just hope you enjoyed it. So be good, be great, be lifted, be strong, be powerful, be the person God designed you to be. And I will talk to you later. Bye.